welcome 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 back to jesus in my 20s podcast this is your host pacific mugawo i am so happy to be here to be recording this episode and it is friday and friday is always a cause for celebration so wherever you're listening from you are welcome and happy friday to you as you listen to this episode, I encourage you to also share it with friends whom you know that they need a word of God in their lives. And you know, the word of God is so beautiful, so precious. It doesn't just come in, you know, to just listen to. It actually comes into your heart and it changes you and it gives you revelation, you know. For someone who has read the Bible on a regular basis and doesn't skip days, oh my God, they experience experience changes and they don't even realize as they're changing but they are changing because the word of God enters your heart and the Holy Spirit changes you through it hallelujah so this is an amazing time to be in the presence of the Lord and I just encourage you to you know share with someone you love share with someone you care about and this episode is going to be very interesting you know because we've never talked about this topic and it's an important topic for us to know and to talk about and the topic is going to be the forbidden fruit hey drum rolls on this topic you know get your concentration on because we're about to dive deep into a topic that may be controversial just a little maybe but very much so needed in our churches discussion in our discussions as christians and if you're not christians this doesn't concern you so please do not attack me <laughs> do not say things to attack me this is an episode that concerns those who are Christians, those who identify themselves as believers, who claim to be saved and to be, you know, among the family of God, who pray to God, who pray, you know, who know Jesus Christ, who go to church, you are the one that I'm talking to today. So please, anyone who's outside of that, you may be offended by what's being shared and you're right in being offended because this doesn't apply to you. So please, any attack, keep it <laughs> to yourself. Only bring it if this is a conversation that concerns you as a believer. Hallelujah. So this is episode 39 and it's going to be an interesting episode, but an episode that's really important for us to know and to learn about. So the forbidden fruit is just a metaphor for sex. I just didn't want to put sex in, in an episode title. So <laughs> I hope you understand, you know, this is about sex. And sex is such, you know, a topic that divides the world and the Bible. So if you are a believer and you follow the ways of the world, you're going to be offended in this episode because you're going to view sex the way the world views it. But if you claim to be a believer who walks according to the word of God, then you should know that sex outside of marriage is a sin to God. And this sin doesn't change because the years have changed, because society has changed. It remains a sin, whether this is in, you know, 1945 to 2023, it doesn't matter. It was called a sin back then, it is still a sin today. So 
do not you know bring the world's view of sex and try to fit it into the christian context because it will not work the word of god and sex god is very clear he is not confusing on this so based on the word of god the only acceptable form of sex is sex between a wife and a husband notice i said wife and husband i did not say between fiance and fiance between girlfriend and boyfriend i did not say between co-workers i did not say between a random girl on the street and a random guy on the street i did not say between a woman and a woman i did not say between a man and a man i did not say between uh you know a a, a girl and somebody else's man i did not say between you know a woman and somebody else's husband i did not say any of that so sex is between wife and husband anything that's out of that context you are in sin territory you know point blank period there is no argument on that when it comes to the word of god very clear and sex in the marriage in the marriage in the marital context is sex that God has created for you and your wife you and your husband to enjoy it's supposed to be an activity that actually brings life to earth and it's a beautiful activity there's nothing to be ashamed about you know some christian women get married and they're still shy to have sex with their husbands that shouldn't exist because this is something that God has created for you and your husband to enjoy hallelujah So when you have sex in a marital context it is beautiful and what does it give it gives life when you have sex outside of the marital context what does it give it gives sin and it gives death and it gives you know what comes out of what comes out of sex outside of marriage is death because it is a sin For example, you have sex outside of marriage, you catch a disease, HIV AIDS is transmitted through sexual intercourse, you get herpes, you get STDs, you get STIs, you get all these types of diseases because you're having sex in a sexual in in a sinful manner that God did not ordain. So what you get out of that is death because you're practicing sin then when you do sex outside of marriage it also breaks families one girl cheats and like a wife cheats and it breaks the family a husband cheats and it breaks the family you know when you have sex outside of marriage it's so hard to try to control to try to you know predict the behavior of your partner because if you've never practiced self control how are they going to ever be able to control themselves hallelujah so sex outside of marriage is a very deep topic and if you're not practicing sex inside of marriage you're committing a sin and what you're going to get out of that is going to be death and you know sometimes in a christian context people choose to ignore this sin because they think I'm just with my partner it's one on one I'm sleeping with him I'm sleeping with her no one cares because we're going to get married anyways hello somebody marriage is not you know just a commitment you make out of the blue you get married to someone that God has ordained a kingdom marriage and 
because you are a Christian and a believer, I'm speaking to you right now, you know that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. And if you're not able to control yourself when it comes to your own body, how can God trust you to control other things that do not depend on your own body? So there is no excuse for you to say that just because you are having sex with one person, it is okay. Where is that written in the Bible? There is no such a thing as that. A sin is a sin and it's crystal clear, black and white. So if you're in the middle, you are sinning and you need to repent. And you know, there is this scripture that I found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21, that actually made me want to talk about this topic. Holy Spirit put it on my mind. And it says, I'm afraid, this is Paul speaking, I'm afraid that when I come again, my God may humiliate me before you, and I may mourn over many of those who have sinned in the past and now repented of the impurity such as sexual immorality, decadence, which is luxurious self-indulgence, which they formerly practiced. So Paul was sad and he was saying that I'm afraid that when I come among you, I'm going to find people doing what they were doing before and they never repented. And this included sexual immorality. You know, when we say that we have been changed, we are new creations in Christ and we keep doing what we've been doing before, we do not repent that causes grief to God's heart. Paul was sad and he thought, if I come in among you and I find you still practicing sexual immorality, I'm going to be humiliated. Why did I even preach to you if you're going to remain the same? So this is specifically to the Christians who are still in sexual immorality as they were beforehand. You need to repent. The blood of Jesus covers you. The blood of Jesus is able to break that sin off of you and give you the self-control you need. So don't cause grief to God's heart, still practicing what you were doing before. What did he save you from if your body is still your master and your last is still your master? Hallelujah. And Paul says again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, he said, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. This is a word to all of us, a word of warning. He's saying that just because you are Christian, thinking that because you're Christian by name, you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. But he's saying, do not be deceived in that. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes on to name their acts. He says, neither fornicators. And if you did not know the definition of a fornicator is a person who's committing sexual sin outside of marriage. Girlfriend, boyfriend, you're a fornicator. Fiance, fiance, you're a fornicator. You know, anyone who's having one night stands, you're a fornicator. And again, this is to Christians. I'm not talking to non-Christians. So please do not attack me on this. If you're a non-Christian practicing sexual immorality, go ahead. It is a sin per God's standard, but that doesn't apply to you because you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And it says, idolaters, idolaters, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards. All these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I want you to, you know, to 
underline the word fornicator and adulterer. So an adulterer is one who is cheating on their husband or their wife. So all these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. So contrary to, you know, popular belief that because you're in the, you are in the church and you're serving and you're doing these things, you will inherit the kingdom of God. If you're still fornicating, if you're cheating on your husband and your wife, that sin is punishable by God. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived by the devil to continue living in sin. You know, I've heard many people, you know, tell me, oh, you know, I'm living with my boyfriend. We're having sex. We are living in sin. And they just breathe, you know, breeze over it, and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Hello, you're living in sin. You call yourself Christian. That should be an alert onto your mind that I'm compromising who I am. I'm compromising my identity. And what do I gain out of this? Satisfying my partner. But what about God? If I'm truly honoring God with my choices, He should be number one. My partner, regardless of you know their preferences or not, you are accountable to God one-on-one -on -one. you know when God comes to you he's gonna ask you what happened he's not asking you oh my boyfriend asked me to have sex and I couldn't say no that is not an excuse it's personal salvation God comes into your heart he doesn't come into your mom's heart and then it transfers to you nope he doesn't come into your partner's heart and then it transfers to you it is an individual salvation we all will stand before God and give an account of our choices so every time you compromise and you sleep with your you know your girlfriend or your boyfriend remember that before pleasing men you should be looking to please God and he has an opinion in this you know in first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 to 8 Paul again is saying it is the will of God to to be sanctified it is God's will that you be sanctified. And it says that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, so that no one should take advantage and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testify. For God did not call us to uncover cleanness but in holiness therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but god who has also given us his holy spirit oh this is such a powerful scripture it is telling you and i that if you reject this message about living pure lives you're not rejecting a man you're not rejecting me that god is using in this moment to you know to speak this word you're rejecting god himself because sanctification did not originate in human minds or brains sanctification and purity is god's will for each one of us it says it clearly here that if you're not abstaining from sexual immorality what is the difference between you and the gentiles the gentiles are those that do not belong to the family of god if they can't control their bodies and you also can't control your body what is going to mark you as a believer as one who has received Christ hallelujah so this is such a deep thing and the church we need to wake up we need to preach about this we do not need to accept people as they are and leave them in sin because God's will is for all of us to live in pure and 
purely and sanctified. This is what sets us apart from the people of this world who are controlled by their bodies and their lust. And let me tell you, you know, you may ask yourself, how am I going to be able to do this? I can't even, you know, I can't go a week or days without sex. I don't know what to do. I, my mind is racing. I can't control it. One thing that you need to realize is that you have received Christ in your heart. Christ is the only one, the only person that walked on this earth that defeated sin. Adam wasn't able to. I wasn't able to. Many people weren't able to. The Pope himself is not able to defeat sin. Only Christ has been able to defeat sin. So if you accept him into your heart, you don't need to struggle in figuring out how you're going to defeat this sin of lust, of sexual immorality. You just need to, you know, to surrender your body onto him and say, God, I'm not able to, but I know that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I will walk in sanctification and purification because you will enable me to. And it is possible. There are many men and many women who are living sanctified lives and they do not practice sexual immorality. And let me tell you, you know, sex has a way of deceiving people because they think, oh, I'm just in the privacy of my own home. You know, I'm having sex. Nobody notices. I can still go to church, preach a good sermon, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. I can still prophesy like, you know, I know everything. I can still do all those things. Well, you know, it says that gifts are given without repentance. You may not repent, but still have your gift because that's how God operates. He doesn't take away the gift that he gives, but the eyes of the Lord saw you on your bed laying with someone that he knows is not your husband or your wife. And God is interested in you not working to please men and to look right in the sight of men. He wants you to look right in his eyes. And I heard this from a preacher from Rwanda who said that he struggled with lust for the longest time. You know, he was sleeping around and he, you know, he tried to break it off on his own. And then he, he received Christ and he was still struggling and he was still saying, I cannot believe I still want to sleep with people. And then God told him, the key is to walk faithfully before me. Don't try to perform it for other people. You walk faithfully before me. Always be in the consciousness that I'm there with you. And this sin will leave, leave your life. And he said, ever since then, he's been living purely and he's married now with kids. But you realizing that if you keep hiding your sin in your darkness and you know, you're not showing it to, you're showing up to church and you look all perfect, but you know what you did last night you will never walk away from that but if you live with the consciousness that Christ is in me and God sees all that I do then you will live a life that is pleasing unto God first before ple being pleasing unto men and this is not an impossible mathematic you know <laughs> I, I, I read in the Bible that someone else's righteousness can actually condemn and judge you. So if I'm able to control my body and I'm not, you know, involved in sexual sin, then it condemns you and judges you automatically because why then are you not able to do that? Because we receive the same Christ. So there is no excuse here. There is no such a thing as I can't control my body. Nope, there is nothing like that. Everybody has been given Christ who is able to rule, dominate, or 
all your desires and put them under subjection. So my brother, my sister who's listening on the other hand, please be encouraged that it is possible to live in purity, sanctified, and this pleases God and this it is the will of God unto you. Don't think this is some outdated, you know, sermon. This is some outdated talk and it concerns people of the past. It concerns you and I today and it will concern every, every every person who comes who calls themselves christian today tomorrow in the past every time god's word never changes god's you know standard never changes paul said that we might we must honor and keep the marriage bed pure and when you have sex in the context of marriage i've heard that it's the best thing you know because you're doing it and you're honoring the lord with it there is no guilt there is no shame there is no condemnation attached to it you're freely giving you know giving yourself to your partner and you produce a life out of that so god bless you for listening please send this to a friend you know someone that you know is struggling maybe with sexual sin and they're struggling to know how to overcome it god is the answer the blood of jesus it is sufficient for us it is truly finished nothing can defeat us as believers god bless you so so much this is jesus in my 20s podcast with your host pacific mugawa